Hey guys, it's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. This is episode 199. We have as our guest Valerie Gang is returning. You might remember from episode 25, uh, one of my dear friends. I've uh, we've been friends for 20 years we grew up together she's amazing uh it's a fun episode not only do we have valerie back but we also have Jeannie dugan back as the voice of reason interesting enough this was done on zoom so you can also watch it on my youtube channel if you prefer so you can see what we look like if you don't remember it's been a long time since we saw humans right maybe i don't know um it's a fun episode. It's really fun uh, and funny, and it was good to see those two amazing friends of mine uh, all together shitting on me for uh, a good 40 minutes. Um, uh, I don't know when, <laughs> where I'm going to be next. I may be uh, doing shows next week. I may not be doing shows for another month. Uh, Paul F. Comedy is always updated for the most part. Please check those uh, dates out at uh, paulfcomedy.com. Also, check out my YouTube page. That's where you you'll be able to catch this episode if you want to see the zoom of it, um, which is, I turned that down, sorry, um, at uh, youtube.com backslash Paul F. Comedy. Uh, Please check out our uh, sponsors as well. They've been awesome to me over the years and uh, and, uh, I I can't thank them enough for letting me uh, keep this podcast free and and I haven't done Patreon yet because of, of their kindness and uh and you your kindness for all you guys keeping up listening subscribing giving us reviews um i saw recently that we were listed on one of the top dating podcasts which is great uh and uh you know uh, south by southwest which we were supposed to be doing the podcast in has allowed me to do one viral which uh this will probably be on uh soon and uh, that's it enjoy this episode thank you so much for supporting the podcast and uh and uh review us subscribe check out our sponsors listen you know i'm a lawyer i talk about it often but when i have legal questions or i have legal issues that i'm facing i go to my friend scott shapiro so if you've been injured on the job um, a need compensation, you might be entitled to money that you don't even know about. And, and that holds true for workers' compensation, personal injury, all that stuff. Um, my friend Scott Shapiro has been helping injured workers and doing entertainment law for almost 20 years now. You need to contact him, 312-648-8800, or email him at scott at scottshapirolegal.com. He is legitimately one of the best people and best lawyers I know. Um, If you call him, you tell him Singles Only sent you or I sent you, it's a free consultation. Granted, it's a free consultation anyway, probably, but boom. Just just throw my name so I can uh, stay in business here. Um, He is a full-service law firm in addition to workers' compensation cases, work injuries. He handles litigation. He handles all your legal needs for entertainment law. So those of you who are entertainers out there have legal questions. He's your guy. Again, free consultation. Don't take a chance and not get a lawyer. 312-648-8800 or check out his website, scottshapirolegal.com. Listen, I told you I had a special treat for listeners, loyal listeners of the show, Singles Only. And here it is. You heard me talk about the book Perfect Pain, which is a memoir by my friend Param Parastron. It's an awesome book about his journey, his life journey of how he had this perfect life on paper, family, successful career, money, everything. But he had an underlying pain that he didn't address. And this book addresses that. It addresses his life in an amazing way. He had such a cool life. um, And he had some personal demons that he struggled with. And through therapy, he conquers that. It's a great book. I don't want to ruin it for you guys. Read it, perfectpain.com. But here's what I'm going to do. I talked to the author, Param Parastron, and he is going to let me give away a book every week. Here's what you have to do to get a free book. Subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. Once you've given us a review, five-star review, 
um, message me and tell me you did it. And I'm going to send you the book once one a week. We're going to do this until we run out of books. I've got 22 to give away. It sounds like so perfectpain.com If you want to buy the book available on Amazon and available in auto audio book too. But if you are a listener of this podcast, all you got to do is review this podcast and then message me and say, Hey, I reviewed it. Or if there's a way to contact you, I'll figure it out. Um, and you're going to get a book sent to you. You don't even have to leave your house. You're going to get a free book. Once a week, I'm doing this for the book Perfect Pain by Param Parastron. It's a great book. I want everyone to read it. I want to make this a bestseller and get the, the far of our bump, the singles only bump. So buy it today or give us a review and get your free copy. And when you like it, don't lend it to other people. Make them buy it too because it supports this author and this journey. Perfect pain, parm, parastron. Hey, this is another edition of Singles Only Podcast. We're doing this via Zoom because of everything in the world. My name is Paul Farvar. I'm your host. Thank you for joining. Thank you to our sponsors and for subscribing all this time. We're on uh, almost 200 episodes. So thank you. Um, I am bringing back our, our original voice of reason, uh, my side broad, as she was called before, one of my closest friends in the comedy world and in real life, Jeannie Dugan. Oh, hey, look at that. Look at it that. Us boomers. Our boomer, our boomer technology information has worked yeah. to our advantage. What, what most astounds me about this quarantine is that I'm actually happy to see your face. Yeah, that's what it took. It took a quarantine to appreciate the greatest thing that's happened to you since your children. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And just to talk about how old I am, uh, I have this water thing right mm -hmm. now. This just happened, so I'm going to say it. Uh, water thing where you put the water in the refrigerator. It's so slow. So sometimes I just put it in and then start doing errands. And then I just was like, all right, we're ready to go. And then I hear this leaking. And I look back. I forgot it for like the last 10 minutes. So there's a puddle in my kitchen that I had to clean up. It's not going to leak to your neighbors, is it? No, no, no. But I do this probably once or twice a week because I have no patience to wait for the water. Sure. I got to fix it. That's why you have rubber sheets on your bed, too, I suppose. That's speaking one reason. Of, speaking of greatest things that's ever happened, what is going on with your hair? What is that, uh, Jimmy Neutron? I have not seen it stand up that high. Well, it's, it's hard to get a haircut now. Okay. Uh, so this All is right. a little higher. And I just took, I just showered and I washed my hair for the first time in four days. So Very nice. Back. Okay. Well, I never I'm not insulting you. Let's get to our guest. Yes, we uh, we have a special treat. Uh, you know, since we're we're rounding the rounding the corner on the podcast of of getting to 200, so I'm bringing back my favorite people. You guys might remember from episode 25. She's an author of Enlightenment is Sexy. She's a motivational speaker. She's uh, a graduate of Butler Junior High in uh, Oak Brook, <laughs> Illinois. And one of my closest and longest uh, living friends, Val Genghis. Valerie Genghis, join us. Hi! Look at how that works. <laughs> it's amazing. Zoom is what a beacon awesome. of light she is. You radiate light all the oh my time. God. You guys, you have no idea what I just did. I I don't know. Well, Paul, you probably know this, but Jeannie, I don't know if you know this. I um I dropped like a 200 pound slab of marble on my toe. I had just moved out to California. I had only been out there for like five days. And I was like getting the house ready and I'd been working all day. And there was a huge piece of marble that was gonna be the top of a cocktail table leaning against a wall and it smashed down on my toe and like my toe exploded like it exploded okay so that was like 10 months ago and just right now like i just walked in the door i had to have um part of my toenail permanently removed Ew. and i didn't know that i was going to the doctor i didn't know she was going to do that to me so i was sitting in like you know the doctor chair like leaning back and as she was like giving me these long shots in my toe, I was like, I'm going to see Jeannie and Paul soon. I'm going to see Jeannie and Paul. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I literally, if you could see my toe right now, I no. look like Frankenstein. No, I hate feet, as you know. And also, it's weird that your gynecologist is working on your toes. Like, isn't that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
That's like crazy. No, well, you my toe. Back, so I figured. No, that. I made her put the seat back because I refused to look at what the yeah. hell she was doing to my toe. Well, she was like, we're going to be permanently removing half your toenail. And I was just like, Aah. So I, that's why I'm drinking wine at four in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, why else wouldn't you? I my stomach just dropped hearing this. You would think no. is Paul likes to say I have 57 kids. You would think with the number of kids I have that I would be comfortable with like just injuries. I'm not. I, I I'm like physically oh, thinking same. about that. Oh, it was so gnarly. I did not know this. So let's educate the listeners. Your toenail grows super far deep into oh, your no. We're not educating anyone on feet right now. Well, I, I'm just saying, when my toenail popped out of my foot, it was from the bottom and it was long. Yeah. <laughs> gross. And also, like... Uh, if this does not find Valerie a man, I don't know what... <laughs> it was so gnarly. Your, yeah, you, uh, you can no longer be a foot model. Um, I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Those days are over. I'm lucky I have a toenail, kind of. Yeah. I'm traumatized. This Me too. Me I too. I really, really, really hate feet. And uh, this is the worst way to start the episode. Sorry. But- I'm, just, I'm just telling you, I just walked in the door, and you two got me through yes. the gnarly procedure that I just had that I did not know I was going to have. Are you in pain now? No, because my to- my no is my no. My toe is still totally numb. And you're um, drunk from wine, so cheers. Not yet, but I'm thinking about it. Um, so uh, Valerie, last <laughs> time we left you, uh, I've talked to you since. Obviously, I did your podcast, which is going to air, I guess, and we've been in touch. But you did episode 25, which was 17 years ago. No, really, how long ago was it that? It was about, uh, it's, it was a while ago. I don't know the exact dates. Okay. Um, let me look at my calculator. Um, yeah, it was like three, three or four, 2016, let's just say. Did yeah. we do it in the back of a comedy club? The Laugh Factory, yes. The Laugh Factory, okay, yeah. And uh, you told us about uh, giving guys the benefit of the doubt and until the sixth cent Sixth Sense kicks in, your spidey senses. And you talk about that in your book, too. Oh, yeah, about the guy I went on the date with, and I knew that he had been cheating on his wife with prostitutes. Yes. That guy? That, that, that we story? talk about him. So, and if I, I'm just going to, because I have this sitting here. This is the book. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I dropped that story in the book, but it's a good no. one. No, but you taught, don't you? I know that it was about four years ago, because I ordered three copies of this after I met you, because I just love your vibe. In your life so much. And then I, I sent one to my friend in Florida who was going through a really tough time. Um, but I thought that this was in there. So this was like four years ago. Um, um, no. That's I not think, in there. No, it's not in there. But I do talk about in the book, like using your intuition when you're dating. And I talk about like staying single for a while. Like it's no big deal to be right. single. It's not the end of the world. Wait, Jeannie, uh, just to be clear, you said you bought three copies. One went to Florida. One is there. Is the other one in the bathroom? Like what? Yeah. With the third the other one went to my other friend who's not in Florida, but she's local. Okay. Um, so thank you for clarifying. Um, <laughs> go ahead. So Val. I'm still thinking about the toe. Do you understand? <laughs> yeah. Me too. I'm like, I'm trying to get my head I, back in the game, but ooh. <laughs> All right. Val, so that was... Four years ago, three cities ago. Now you're in Colorado um, or now, Iowa. Right now I'm in Colorado, yeah. Okay. Correct. What's been going on? I know that we're in a quarantine now, so it's hard to date. But before the quarantine, did you? Did any guy make it past like a three-month period with Valerie Genghis? So after I dropped the slab of marble on my toe and my toe exploded, um, I was in a boot for six months. And it was not attractive. It was one of those Velcro Herman Munster boots. So I, there was no dating, okay? No dating in the, I'm not going to go on a first date in a Herman Munster boot. Okay. I have more pride than that. And plus my toe was like oozing. And okay. it was so, ah. so yeah, I, there was no dating. No. So that was I would just love to see you walk into a restaurant or a coffee shop or a bar on a first date. Just like. I I tried to like make it work in my life, but it was so, the boot was so embarrassing 
And I had the idea and I told my doctor, I'm like, why are there no like pretty boots like that? Like, what if you did have to go on a date or a job interview or something? Like, why does everything need to look like Frankenstein? Yeah. But no one has been able to answer that question for me. Company, and then you started a company, Fancy Boots. Fancy Boots. Someone should seriously, think about it. Think about how many people are wearing those boots and those like platform shoes. Why can't they make cute ones? What's the big because deal? At least skinnier, you know? <laughs> at least skinnier, right. Yeah. I can answer and that question because I have a family of doctors in my family. And uh, the reason is because those boots are not good for the healing process. They're not? No, you can't wear them. So and if you're wearing them, they can at but least look good. Exactly. But let me just say something. As somebody who has not been a size 10 since high school, let's get into the plus size clothes, not being polyester, animal prints first. I and was just going to say animal prints. Animal prints boots. But I mean, you could go on dates. They would just be like, oh, and then you're like, let's go somewhere else. And then you'd get up from sitting and they'd be like, oh, she's got a boot. I mean, I think you would have to disclose that you had like right. a crush wound and your toe was like. Okay. <laughs> don't know, every time you use a different adjective to be like smashed, it's we're not writing about right now. We get it. it. It was pretty gnarly. Grizzly bits of red and yellow bone marrow. I mean, that does not make you feel like sexy or like you know you you feel like a monster. Yeah. Okay. Well, and also as a woman, disclosing that you're wounded and injured could attract the wrong guy. You That's know? right. That's she's right. She's hard to flee. She won't be able to flee from me. Okay, but that's <laughs> 10 months, Val. So what happened after that? You still have three years to account for. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. No, nothing serious. Nothing serious at all. Just, uh, I think I kind of got used to like being single and my writing and work and all that. And it's, doesn't seem like a huge priority for me. And I don't know why, because before I always, always had boyfriends, like as far yeah. back as I can remember junior high, but it's like, it's kind of felt really good to, to be single. Yeah. It feels I mean, I right like now. it. So I kind of feel like an alien in that way, but uh, my work feels like more of like a priority right now. You say right now, do you think that's going to change? Like, do you see yourself like, getting married, having kids, or one of the two things? I mean, maybe, like, if someone, you know, totally wonderful came along that I really loved, maybe, but I don't, like, sit around thinking about it. Mm. I don't know, like, it's, it would be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. And, like, my grandpa always told me, you know, like, give it a shot. Get married once. See, you know, see what that's about. But... <laughs> It's just never happened. Just once. You know? so, I, love, I love your grandfather. Just once. Like, give it a shot. Yeah, just like give it a shot. Jeannie's on. I don't know about right? kids. <laughs> four marriages? Two. two. Whatever. It's going to be. It's How long be. have you been married, Jeannie? This is, it's going on four years, which is why I remember the whole timeline of getting oh. Yeah, so it's going on four years. And um, we haven't. We haven't divorced yet, so it's good. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so when, when I first met you, you had just gotten married? I, I must have just gotten married. Yeah, it was June of 2016. Wow. So, yeah. I didn't wow. know that. Yeah. So, um, Val, um, how are you? Okay, let's talk about the last guy you dated before the quarantine. Who was this guy? And what um, why is he not in your quarantine uh, <laughs> cubicle in Colorado right now? California. Honestly, I think now now I'm like looking back on it. It was like, uh, he was super immature. Like, immature? you know, immature. I was like, I can't do this. Like, it's not well, working. Oh, yeah. How so? What's yeah? What like, makes um, just <laughs> like an adult that had older than me, like ten years older than me, never got married, didn't have kids really enjoyed being being single and like at one point he told me he was gonna live in an airport like an airplane hangar and I was like this isn't gonna work <laughs> but he was like really excited about it and I was just like you're gonna live in a, like a hangar and I guess people do that which is kind of cool but like but no 
Does he have a plane at least, or was he just going to hang out? It'd be weird if he didn't have a plane. He did fly planes, yes. Um, I I think he had his own plane. I think he might have had his own plane, but just like that was his goal to do that. This I feel so rude talking about it because what if he hears this? (laughs) Ah, that's okay. I mean, you're being honest. I'm sure he's probably like, hell yeah, I was going to live in an airplane hangar. Yeah, I mean, I'm just giving you like a little example. There was there was more things that were happening. And I can remember thinking like, this person isn't mature. And like, there's no way they're like going to get married and like have a normal, whatever normal is like family life because he was like a 50 year old child. Yeah. Yeah. Which made him really fun. But, like, not – where was that going to go? Yeah, because, like, I always wanted to live in a treehouse until I was <laughs> 12. And then I was like, you know, you can't Well, I kind of want to live in a van. So, like, in a van down by the river. So I get it. But it's weird when it's, like, on the opposite side and it's a guy. I'm like, I need a little bit more, like, more goals going on than, like, living in an airplane hangar. Well, why does yeah. it have to – go somewhere sorry but uh, what you said that it wasn't going anywhere but you don't have any uh like set direction where you see your life in five years right so why does it matter why couldn't you just keep having fun until the decision to live in a hangar came up and be like all right well i'm gonna go live in a I mean, house with them. i think that's probably the argument you use with women <laughs> but i True. think if you're like a mature woman it's like you're not we're what are you going to do with a person like that? That's like having a play pal. Yeah. And what's what, tell us what's bad about that. I don't know. You know, after a while, it's just like, not, that's not that interesting. Yeah. You want someone that's mature and like, you know, has worked on themselves or, you know, just has, well, has similar values. So even if you're and not, similar values, yeah, like, and living in a, in a structure that supports, <laughs> you know, is, it is part of it because the bottom line is even if like, well, you're making it seem like Valerie has to either set her sights on marriage with a guy or just be complete play things with them. Those are my dogs. dogs and if, if she's not feeling a connection because they have, they have similar habitat <laughs> structures in mind, <laughs> it does work out. Val, and, uh, you know, I G- think the older Jeannie, you get. The best part of all that was Jeannie. Those dogs were like, we were doing a live show on Arsenio, and it was like your doghouse in the back. They're going, ooh, ooh, she's right, she's right. Like, they were like backing you up. It was like your fucking corner. What was it called? The, the dog pound on Arsenio Hall? Or what I, was it called? The- where is Arsenio Hall now? I don't know. Sorry, I cut you yeah, off. He's Bella. living in an airplane hangar. <laughs> Probably having a great time. So, I mean, first of all, I, I agree it's with It's not you. about the airplane hangar, okay? Like, that's just, you know, well, an example. It's just yeah. It's like, example. you know, you know when you're going out with someone, if they're, like, mature and, like, a man, like, an adult, or if you're dealing with, like, you know, someone that has issues that they've never dealt with and they're, like, stuck at age 17. You know, and that's, like, not that attractive. Yeah. What are I don't know. Maybe it's attractive to other people, but it feels like you know kind of flat to me you walked away from that uh relationship i assume it's over right or yeah i mean it was it was super casual yeah super casual was it a situation where you walked away you're like all right so now i learned from the situation where it's like okay now i know i need someone a little more mature than airplane hangar guy i literally never had that thought once like i didn't have any thoughts i was like that dude wanted to live in an airplane hangar that was like my that was like my only thought and i was i yeah that like that one conversation stuck in my mind and i it bothered me yeah it bothered sure what have you but you i know you and we've known each other for over 20 years where you've had the opposite situation happen where guys were ready they were like mature and ready to be married like within weeks of knowing you or months so isn't there isn't there a problem with the other side of like maybe too much maturity or too much too soon um i think i just like a little balance you well, know just like balance but well, i mean what well, that balance yeah i mean i feel like it's overwhelming if if i go out with someone once and then they're like i'm in love with you i'm like 
what the hell are you talking about? You know, like to me that feels, doesn't feel balanced, feels weird to me. So like, yeah, it's opposite sides of the spectrum. Both would not work for me. Hmm. So what, like, hmm, I'm psychoanalyzing you right now. Well, who, what is it that you know, other than someone that doesn't want to live in an airplane hangar? What are the other things that you've learned since the last time you've been here as to, okay, well, now I definitely, for me, I know I, I work by a way of process of elimination. It's like, I don't know what I want, but I know what I don't want. For you, it's like, okay, I don't want airplane hangar guy. What are the other things that you, <laughs> you don't Poor want? Or airplane hangar guy. Yeah, um, he's got He's got goals. I mean, we love you. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, I've been through a lot with, you know, family members passing away and just lots of like heavy duty stuff. So sometimes it's hard to connect with someone that has not had anything happen like that. It makes you feel like kind of like alone or lonely in the conversation because they can't really relate to you. So it's not like I'm looking for someone that's had, you know, a bunch of disasters in their life, but I do feel like I like someone with some life experience. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's just my, that's my experience. Like, it feels like I've been through a lot. I've had to do a lot of work to like not lose my mind. And um, when you're talking to someone and they have like zero clue what you're referring to and they can't really relate to you, that doesn't feel like that fun to me. That the conversation can't, get really deep because they can't really understand what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, that's having like serious life experiences where you've had death or loss, like that creates empathy that people can relate to. And then that creates Mm -hmm. a life experience where you guys kind of bond. And so absolutely makes it like a more mature relationship. But then, then what, I mean, then where's the fun? Well, the fun's always going to be there. I mean, if you're, if you're talking to someone that's like funny and, you know, full of life, which that's important too. So it's just, I think it just comes down to, uh, I'm not really that interested in dating like a hundred different guys. I just feel like when it's right, it's just going to be right. And I don't have to worry about it. How are you meeting these guys now? Like, I know, obviously, do you, do you still do apps? I mean, there's guys everywhere. (laughs) I wanted to ask real quick, because you said this is your third city, right? So I, yeah, I think I've lived in three cities now. Okay. Yes. Do you see a big difference? Yeah. Do you see a big difference in um, values or having connections with people based on the difference between California and Colorado type? Like what's that experience like? Yeah. So I keep saying that people from the Midwest are the best. And that is my conclusion now from, it's not, I mean, there's nice people everywhere. There's interesting, smart, cool people everywhere, but there's something about people from the Midwest. They're like grounded again, that feeling of being a little bit more balanced and kind. I don't know, maybe because I'm from Chicago, it just feels more familiar and attractive to me. The part of that stuff made sense, but I feel like when you say the Midwest, it stops at Congress. Because if you go south <laughs> of the Midwest, like there's nothing, they don't know what the word kind is. Like that, I think you lost Jeannie where she's like, yeah, Midwest is enough. And then she's like, you said kind. And she's like, what? No, I mean, I seriously feel like people from the Midwest are like nice. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. And what you're saying, and I think everything that you're saying, we may, you know, we were joking about the airplane hangar guy and, but it all boils down to that idea of like who you feel like you're going to have a connection with and somebody that grew up with similar losses and experiences, but also in a similar environment or climate, the values, all that comes into play into creating a connection. Yeah. And I realized like my morals are really important to me. So if I meet someone that's like morally bankrupt, like that's not going to work for me. And now you've lost Paul on the word moral. I love that. Well, the morally bankrupt thing is is a sliding scale because Valerie and I uh, grew up together. And I know that we were at a lot of the same events where I don't know what the definition of morals were, but um, let's say a lot of conservatives would, would question a lot of the, 
activities that Valerie and myself were involved yeah, in. It's growing up, though. That was just, yeah, I mean, I, th- I do uh, think. That was two kids. years ago. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we were good kids and we had good families around right. us. Like, yeah. we were really lucky. Like, when I meet other people and I hear their background and I know that I was lucky and you, you were too. So it's like, you know, I just think it gets harder the older you get because you are more set in your ways. You know what you want. And it's like, you're not going to, I'm not just going to accept anything now. It's before when I was younger, I just kind of wanted a boyfriend. It was fun. And now it's like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. So it gets a little bit more difficult. Have you been on a situation or in a situation in the last few years where you've given someone a chance just because you're like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll meet someone. It's a connection. And then the minute you realize it, you're like, oh my God, like this guy. I, mean, I feel like I like everyone that I go out with or like I talk to. I feel like I either end up being friends with them or I just enjoy their company because I wouldn't go out with them in the first place. But I, yeah, have gone out a couple times where I'm like, no way am I going to What happened? This? Tell us, give us a brief. Uh, I just like have up. a couple glasses of wine and then I'm like really curious. So I, I know that I always ask like a ton of questions and then I kind of feel like they're therapists and then that's the end of it. I mean, yeah. you know, I can't force myself to, yeah. to like be with someone. I just, I can't. Yeah. They're, they start saying, like, everyone knows that Bill Gates started this whole virus. And you're like, okay, I'm out of here. Exactly. Oh, my God. I was out with someone, and he was, um, I'm not going to name names because you might know him, but he was definitely super into Fox News, into Trump, you know, hardcore Republican, but he was really smart. So, like, everything I would bring up, you know, he had, like, a counter argument. and I was just like, I don't give a shit what this guy's talking about. I'll just be like, okay, because I didn't care. I knew I was never going to go out with him again. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, that's like uncomfortable when stuff like that happens, but everyone's different and they have their own, you know, hardcore opinions about stuff. And what are you going to do? Argue with someone on a date? It's like, who cares? So how do you handle a date when they start toting something and you know immediately this is not going anywhere? Do you finish it out and just enjoy the conversation and the wine? Or are you like, I just got a call, I got to leave? How do you handle that? No, 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 I wouldn't do that because I feel like I could have fun like in a broom closet, you know? I just, I feel like I make the best out of every situation. So everyone's interesting in their own way. And I just try and tap into that and just, you know, have fun and then forget about it. Like I know in my head, this is not going anywhere. What what's the difference between like a regular closet and a broom closet? <laughs> a broom closet is dustier and there's more crap in there. Oh. And it's generally smaller and you keep smaller there. But we've seen your place fall. You don't really know what a broom is. I don't have a broom. No, I don't even. You know, I wanted to ask like, so you haven't washed your hair in four days, but weren't you out with a girl last night? Uh, so two things. Um, I, I was wash. I did wash. I like how you like change the story here. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking about it, so I gotta ask. Wait, yeah, I, I love that Paul has made a living out of being able to present an argument, and he is floundering so hard right now. No, well, I, so it's funny you say that. Like for years, I used to wash my hair every day, and, and when I was a kid, I was obsessive about it. Where I was in the in my shower at my parents' house and I washed my hair four times every time. So my parents thought I was like jerking off in the shower, but I was like literally washing my hair. But why? So, what was the problem? I just liked I just liked the smell of, of pert or whatever the hell it was. So <laughs> I just like I like the smell of good hair. Jeannie knows and people that know me before sure. Biden used to sniff hair. Like I used to like smell my friend's hairs and be like, oh, someone didn't shower today. Like it was- I do not know that you like the smell of hair. I've done it. I'm a hair smeller. If you have sniffed my hair, I don't want to know about it. Wait, so you literally walk up to people and you sniff their hair? Yes, not strangers, like people I know. Like I'd be like, oh, your hair looks nice today. And then I'd I'd smell your hair and be like, ooh. Didn't shower for this for this podcast. Like that's kind of like that show. behavior start yeah. creeping okay. into your Focus reality. So, so I then, do feel 
like every episode we come a little closer to why Paul is single. Like <laughs> this has come up before, but I do I do smell hair. And then when I you know obviously now that's not going to happen in the post corona world, but in the old like it's just I like the smell of good hair. Even when I was a kid, I used to wash my hair, and I liked shampoos a lot. So, but then I my hairstylist told me he's like you should not be washing your hair every day. And so when I stopped doing that, like every other back before all this happened. I was washing my hair every other day. And the day that I wouldn't wash my hair was like, I'd have the best hair days because of the oils and whatever. And as you should wow. all know this. So now in the, in the Corona uh, quarantine world, I've been going like two days without it. And I have like these great hair days. And then before this, I was like, oh, I don't want to wash my hair because I want to have a good hair day. But then the powers of, of, of clay, which is what I use, Jeannie was like, wow, you have good, your hair looks like Jimmy Neutron or whatever you said up top. I'm not, I'm not sure that's exactly what I said, but close enough. Sure. It's, but yeah, I, I washed my hair. And as far as, yeah, I was, uh, I was giving a friend of mine uh, a tour of, uh, of our old uh, stomping grounds last night. We went on a road trip. So. He called me and he was like, what's the name of the cult that was in Oak Brook? Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm showing my friend around. Yeah. And I was like, you're taking her to see cults in like our junior high in the middle of the night? There yeah. was a cult in Oak yes. Brook? Yes. It was fantastic. Yes. It's a whole nother world. And, and Val went out with the guy from there, but that's a whole nother episode. Really? Well, no, I didn't go out with him. I was 12 years old and I was trying to help him escape. Yeah. He was 40. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we were both kids. I know. I think he was older than me. And I was like, I have to help this kid break out of here. And then we got busted. I was telling Paul last night that we found out that the phones were tapped. And I honestly thought that those leaders of the cult were going to come and like kidnap me. Okay. And I never, ever saw that kid again. Like he disappeared into thin air. We've been listening to our phone calls, and then I never saw him again. Moved to Indiana. He became governor. Now he's vice president of the country. <laughs> this Seriously. is our next follow-up podcast. Are you kidding me? You guys should do a whole podcast on cults. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. So Val, going back to the question now. So do you do you do? I know you said it's not on the agenda now, but like, are you like me where you don't? Oh, I know the answer to this, but why don't you tell everybody? Do you, do you see yourself as a mom? Do you want to have kids that are biological or adopted? Is that something you want? Um, I think if I fell in love with someone when we got married and we both decided, like, let's do this, I would go for it. Yeah. I'm not, like, opposed. Okay. But, like, I wouldn't want to be a single mom. Like, I don't want kids that bad that I have to go out and, like, get pregnant right now and have a kid on my own. I think I would only – not I think. I know I would only want to do it with a partner. It's yeah. too much work. Yeah. yeah. Like, Imagine. Jeannie, look at your home. Like, I think about people like you that have kids at home right now, and I'm like, oh, my God, what are they doing? Like, how is that working? They're all upstairs in cages right now. With the um, <laughs> You just, like, throw a hamburger in That's there? That's a backdrop. That's a backdrop. I know what her house really looks like. There's, like, a ping pong table. <laughs> yeah. This is my other room. Paul, I don't live in a broom closet. I do. Wait, do you have all boys? I have a daughter and three boys. And seven. You have four kids? Yeah. Four? Yeah. So I and look you have like dogs and like cats and parrots? You know, no cats. Cats are will steal your soul. Um, yeah. <laughs> you have, have four three boys kids. and a daughter. And um, it is a lot of work. And I get what you're saying. It's like um, there, are, there are women that know they're not going to find Mr. Right or whatever, and they want to have a family, mm -hmm. but it is a lot of work. You have to have a really good support system, I think, if you're going to purposely choose that route. Yeah, and I, for me, I was never like the girl that sat around and thought to myself, I really want a big wedding and kids and all that. It, uh, my mind went more towards like, I'd like to start a company or like, I want to write some books. So I don't know why in this lifetime I came out this way, but it wasn't like something I was dying to have. Yeah. And at the start of the podcast, you did say that, that right now your business and your work is your priority. So it feels that way right now. Yeah. And so I know how life goes. You walk into a bar, you meet someone, everything changes in one day. I mean, I know I've been there before. So I kind of um, just like roll with it. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And that makes me feel comfortable with like the whole situation. I don't have to 
sit around like wondering or, you know, so, why, why this and that. I don't feel that way. I feel like if it's going to happen, it, it'll just happen and it'll be awesome. And, and it's interesting you say roll with it is a great like way to, to talk about it in the sense that I also am like that, obviously, like I like to live by the suit of my pants, but I wasn't always like that. Because I, I kept a diary, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, when I was 20 years old, or a journal for like three months. And if, you, if it wasn't my handwriting, I'd be like, that's not me. Because I was like, I was, in, I was uh, in college, and all I wanted to do was get good grades so I can get into a good law school. I'm yelling at myself. I'm getting upset because I'm drinking too much and getting high. And I, all I'm saying is, why can't I find a girlfriend? I just, and like, my goal was to be married by the time I'm 25, living in the suburbs, having kids, and like running for Congress. Yeah, but, but that was just your programming. Right. You know, that's not like what you really wanted. And when we get older, we figure out what we really want, which is, I think it's great if you can get married when you're older, because at least you have a sense of self then. When I was 20, I was a total jackass. Like, all I wanted was a boyfriend, and I wanted to party like five nights a week, and I wanted to have fun. And that's what your 20s, I think, are for. Right. If you can pull it off. But where do you think that you pulled, where was the switch turn where you decided to just roll with it? Like, I know you've had a lot of uh, uh, loss in your life. Do you think that played a role in like you being like, okay, I'm going to fucking prioritize my life now. Life's oh yeah. After my mom died, everything changed. And when I left Chicago and moved to Iowa, like that's when I realized I really liked being alone. I loved writing my book. I was thinking about other things than how I was before, where I was only thinking about boyfriends. I mean, I've been boy crazy since I was like forever, like since I was like five years old. So it was a nice switch to like not have that consuming me. Yeah. Yeah, you were, yeah, I remember you when you were a kid. Yeah, I mean, I always had a boyfriend. It was like, it had to be that way. And, uh, it feels really good to like think about other things instead of just constantly dating. Yeah. Oh, that's must be nice. I'm just kidding. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm not, I'm, I'm in the same boat. It's kind of funny where people who are like you and I, we have a lot, obviously we have a lot in common where we're, we like to be alone. We don't mind it. And all those people are like, what are you going to get married and have kids? Like, no one's fucking saying that right now. Like those people are like calling me like, what's it like to like watch TV that you want to watch and like to drink what you want to do, drink and eat what you want. Like, well, I think people amazing. are going to find out right now if like their relationships are working for them because oh, they're, they're stuck at home with that person. Like there's no distractions now. And that's kind of cool. Or scary. Like, this is like, if you survive the quarantine with a, a spouse, it's like you, that's like six years in real, in real world. Like, right, Jeannie? It's I mean, like, you know. Yeah, it's like dog years. Absolutely. <laughs> One month is like dog years. And, you're uh, you're and, living in a broom closet with a, with a, someone who you thought was your husband, but it's like a yeah. really stranger. You're like, wow, I didn't know this about him. Well, because the thing is too, like in any relationship, you have just, you, like our big date night was we would do different things in the city and try different restaurants and do all these things. And now it's like, do you want to play Scrabble? You know, <laughs> That's like, cute. I like that. I mean, I would not mind like staying home for a couple months and just relaxing yeah. with someone that, you know, I cared about because, you know, then it's fun. There's, you're not going out. I mean, you can't, there's nothing to do. You can take a car ride. But how how did you know, Jeannie, that you wanted to marry your husband? Um, this goes a lot back to what we were saying with like the Midwest. So this was, I talked about this before. He's somebody that I knew um, growing up. He grew around the block from mm -hmm. me. And to me, having that connection where we knew each other's families, mm -hmm. um, had similar backgrounds growing up, so similar values in a lot of ways, it made it just more comfortable. Yeah. You know, and it was somebody who... Um, I was like very attracted to their humor. Um, now I don't find them so funny being in quarantine, but at, I'm sure I will again. Um, but those, those things that I always valued humor and, um, just empathy, it completely made it feel like it was the right decision. And also he was 45 for the first time and I was 42. Mm -hmm. So second time around was like huge, um, knowing what you want yeah you know i, you know, I like, always tell people i'm like if you can wait to get married yeah. try and wait you know i know people want to have kids and get married early but 
I've changed so much. Like in oh, the past yeah. nine or 10 years, I've, I mean, I'm a completely different person. So, you know, what if I would have married one of my old boyfriends? I don't, I don't know if I would have made it, honestly, because I'm such a different person now. Well, with comedy, it makes, it makes you reevaluate too, because I'm always like, man, like I could have just been happy and married right now. And like, I could have been in like the suburbs with like my Porsche and just driving around. But, but now I'm like, and, oh, and if you I'm going to met cook. the right person, maybe you would have done that. But that's not, that was not like your Dharma. That's not your life plan. So, Dharma? like Dharma and Greg? What? What'd you say? You took a different route. And we so don't did even I. Have time. For the, I, we don't have time. You oh. say dharma? I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know what it means, but okay. It's like, it's your life's path. So oh, you yeah. took a different path, but hey, I know couples, they live in the suburbs, they're married, they have a family, they love the shit out of each other and everything is great. And like, that makes me so happy. Like that would be great too. But, yeah, imagine, yeah, I always think like, what would happen if like three girls that I asked to homecoming my freshman year, one of them said yes. And like my life would have taken a whole other path. Or I didn't get arrested for driving when I was 14. Right. No, Brook, Illinois. Or one just didn't disappear from a cult. Um, you know. <laughs> Wait, where, did you, know? where did you get arrested driving? In your subdivision uh, uh, in Brook Forest when I was 14. And they like took you down to the station? Yeah. I had to call my dad and be like, uh, I'm at the police station. And my mom was sitting right there. She goes, no, you're not. You're right in the other room. I'm like, no, I'm not. And then she went there and there was like a pile of pillows. And then she's like, oh, it's not you. Like, you can hear this all on the phone at the Oak Brook Police Department. And you took their car? I took our, my friend's car. We, he came and picked me up. I climbed out the window. But the best part of that whole thing is I was telling uh, my friend yesterday, I'm like, I'm like, we had no, I had no plans on how I'd get back into the house. Or like, we didn't have a plan for where we were going. We just like, we're like, we're going to take the car out. And then we're like, okay, now we took the car out. We're like, what are we going to do now? Where are we going to go? And then we got, we got arrested. What did you actually do to get pulled over? Like, did you run through a stop sign or something or? No, we had the car idling at another person's house who we were going to, I think we were going to pick him up too, but there was no phone, there was no cell phones back then. So we had to like knock on his window. Right. And the cop pulled by and we like ducked under the car and then they put, I mean, it's Oak Brook, so they see a suspicious car at right. two in the morning. And then, um, yeah, we got to... Oh, yeah. you didn't mention this was in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. Too. I snuck out of the house. I'm sorry. That's when my... Your parents I, must have been like, wow, he sucks Yeah, <laughs> right now. But then, but then, like, I thought that would get me... That was first or second week of freshman year high school. I was like, oh, now I've got some street cred as, like, this badass. So I asked, like three girls to homecoming and all of them said, two said no. And one said, let me think about it. And then never got back to me. Beth Kelly. Did you end up going to homecoming? I didn't go to homecoming. I didn't go to a dance until I was a junior in high school. Well, see, and this is why that was such a priority to you in college because you hadn't had that yet. So it was still something you were chasing, validation. That's right. Thanks, Dr. Phil. I appreciate it. You totally just went Dr. Phil on you and she's right. And you're, and that's why you're such a man who are now because now you've had all this experience and you, it's like, ah, eh, you're not seeking that anymore. You know, you know, I've known Paul for so long and okay. I feel so like close with him. And I know that he goes out with all these women and I've been around and I've seen them, but I never look at him like that. Like yeah. I'm just, you're just, I'm not on the receiving end of that. So I haven't had to deal with like your bullshit that you bring to a relationship. And you <laughs> also see the light and the goodness in everybody where I just. Jeannie <laughs> <laughs> has tried to bring me down and get me canceled for 200 episodes now. And the record <laughs> has shown every, every guest we've had on, whether it's you or, or, uh, Patty as the co-host or, or uh, Maggie DiPaolo, that anyone that I've dated who's been on the show has come back and been like, yeah, he's, there's no bullshit. And actually my friend who I was giving a tour to is a girl that I used to date and now we're like friends. So okay, I actually let's, have- Like, Paul, well, let's think about this. If somebody was going to say he's a complete scumbag, would they want to be on your podcast? That's right. No, it's like, it's like talking to a Trump supporter being like, how do you think Trump's doing? 
Right. And we're talking big numbers now. So we're only seeing a fraction. Very small. That's right. Very small. Oh, now it's CNN. Don't don't try and pull your bullshit with us. Okay, Jake Dapper. Thank you, Jake Dapper and Don Lemon for your insight. My Uh, my entire goal of doing this podcast is just to give Paul shit. Like, I was so happy to see Valerie today. So excited when I knew she was our guest. But really, I just want to just, I just want to mess with you. It's so easy. It's so easy. Okay. Well, wow. It, it seems like we're out of time. We got a bell here. I think Jeannie's dogs are barking again. Uh, Valerie, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Where can people find out more about you and your upcoming uh, stuff? I know you have a book coming up and everything too. Um, the website's just my name, ValerieGangus.com. Easy peasy. And uh, when is, you got a book coming out or is that, was I not supposed to say that? Uh, I don't know the date, but it'll be sometime in 2021. Okay. Awesome. Sounds yeah. good. Val- and you can they- still get this, right? I still got Enlightenment is Sexy. It's on the website, ValerieGangus.com. Thank you so much, uh, Val, for coming back on uh, episode. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're doing some Zoom. This is like our first real Zoom show. And uh, Jeannie, I guess thanks for being a dick. Uh, it's, it's really good to see. Thanks for getting me through my toe surgery that I had yes. five minutes before the oh. interview. Ooh, male toe, male Paul the toenail. Will you do that for me? Just <laughs> after after I unwrap it, I have like a full wrapping on it right now. I, I couldn't even look at it, so I don't even know what's happening. Jeannie, go uh, unravel what's under that blanket uh, in the background. I feel like someone's hiding in there, or like it's like I thought it was going to be like an unraveling where you're going to be like. Oh, really, Paul? All your girls like, you're like, well, look who I have here, Becky. I didn't didn't have time to floof it nice. (laughs) That room is like perfectly clean. Thank you. You should see the other side of it. Thank you all for uh, coming. And thanks all for listening to another edition of uh, Singles Only Podcast. And uh, if you're listening on the audio, go watch the uh, YouTube uh, video of us so you can see what everyone looks like and decide who is the survivor on this episode. Still